0: So I would like to welcome everyone to church this morning, uh, and um, if we have visitors amongst us, you are very welcome. Um, we're a bit quiet while the praise and worship was going on. Uh, I mean, Greg and James, they are not here this morning, so we don't need to be on our best behavior. Let's, let's, let's loosen up a little bit. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We worship you. We give glory to your holy name for the privilege of being in your presence this morning, uh, to be together as one family, uh, bound together by your love and by your blood. Uh, father Lord, as we go into your word, we pray that your spirit in us, Father Lord, will help us to get the best out of what you have, given, what you have to give to us this morning. Uh, we pray that for those of us who are at the uh, Maritime Christian College family camp, uh, Father Lord, they are going and they are coming and all they do there, Father, you will be uh, in charge, Lord, and all the glory and honor and adoration will be to you and to you alone, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning again. So today we are going to talk about list, uh, listening to your parents as a topic for today. Um, our message will be taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, uh, from verse 8 to 9. But for context, I would like to start from verse 7. And go all the way to uh, 14 or 15. Yeah. So it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless people, Let's swallow them alive like the grave, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. I mean, listening to this passage, one will say, I mean, that is very, very good advice that any parent will give to a child, and one would expect the child to listen. Uh, But um, as we go along in the message, we'll see that listening is not as easy as it seems. Amen. So I'm not standing here this morning to personally question any parent on their approach to raising their children. And I'm not standing here this morning to tell any child how well they listen to and respect their parents. I'm here this morning to deliver on an assignment. Um, I have listened to the guidance From our pastors, and I'm relying on the word and the spirit. When it comes to raising children, there is no one size fits all. Cultural norms and values come into play, but for us, Christian values is the common denominator. I pray that I and you also, my brothers and sisters, will receive our portion of the wisdom in this message this morning. We have children with us this morning, Uh, you know, they are sitting amongst us. But I do know a few of them who graduated recently from the kids' section. And uh, once in a while, when I'm greeting up front, uh, when they are about to come in, especially when they are new graduates, and I like stop them just to have a conversation. They think I'm trying to stop them from coming to the adult section. And they go like, no, I'm allowed to come here now. I'm now, I'm no longer a child, you know. But the thing is, we are all children and we will remain children. Because while on earth here yeah, we are children of parents, but ultimately we are all God's children. So this message may also seem to some, I mean some parents here may grumble and go like, but it's supposed to be children listen to your parents, so why is he just focusing on the parents? That is because the Bible is quite clear on the important role and responsibility of parents in the upbringing of children. Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The same proverb says also, he that spirit his rod, hated his son, but he that loveth him, caseneth him betimes. Now we should realize that the rod here does not necessarily mean the physical cane, you know. When you talk to your child, when you advise your child, when you tell your child, that is risky, that is dangerous, this is good, this is the way to go, you are casting the child. You are teaching the child, you are directing the child the way that that child should go. So as I grew up as a child in Nigeria, I was often casting, uh, but when I became, and I did not like it, but when I became sensible, I realized that it was because of the love that my parents had for me and they were basically obeying God and doing like God will do, because Hebrews tells us that, "For whom the Lord loveth, He kissed it and scolded every son whom He received." It. Now we go to the message. The key words are "hear" and "listen." Uh, Google is your friend, so I went to Google and I checked and uh, definition and comparison of uh, the words "hear" and "listen." It says about "hear." We use hear for sounds that come to our ears without us necessarily trying to hear. So we are not trying to, it just comes accidentally. For example, they heard a strange noise in the middle of the night. But listen is used to describe sounds that you are actually paying attention to, that you are actively trying to listen to. But I would like to look at Listen, as we have it in the Bible, as going a step further. You know, It includes actively listening, understanding, that is, working to understand it, respecting, appreciating, and even obedience. So what is the child required to listen to in our Bible verse for today? Instruction. So again, I went to Google, and I got definitions for instruction. I got three main definitions. The first one is that instruction is a direction or order and it has synonyms like command, dictate, pronouncement. The second one says detailed information, telling how something should be done, operated, assembled with synonyms like guide, A, B and C, recipe, specification, the Bible, it was there in Google, yes, is also part of instruction. And then the third definition says teaching or education, with synonyms like coaching, tutelage, mentoring, preparation. So of these three, these three definitions, they are quite important, but you would agree with me that the second and third are a bit more palatable. Information, teaching, education. The first one, which is a direction, order, or command may not be so palatable, but it sometimes is necessary. And I'll give you a story about it. So, myself and my family, we were on assignment, a five-year assignment in another African country, Gabon, and we were living in a compound, lots of houses, deep in the jungle, close to our operational location. It was an oil company and uh, you had elephants that freely roamed the place. So we are new, and we are feeling kind of lonely, and we are told of another Nigerian family in the same compound. So this evening, uh, my second daughter, Fina, was about four years old, my first daughter was five, and my son, who is 17 years today, uh, he was in the womb then. So my wife was heavily pregnant. So we all set out to go visit this family and get to know them. So as we approached the house, Fina ran forward, you know, usual, you have this active child, and said she was going to ring the bell, get to the house first and ring the bell. It was dusk, it was getting dark. And as she approached from behind the house, the side of the house, this huge African elephant came out and charged at us. Might seem like a fairy tale, I kid you not, this happened. So what did I do? So I was behind. Tabitha, my my first daughter and my wife were in front of me and she ran, Fina ran forward. So what I did was to say, Fina, stop, turn around, run to daddy. Now imagine if at that time, she had wanted some detailed information. (laughs) (laughs) She had wanted some teaching and education, you know. So what she got was a direction what she got was an order. And she actually stopped, turned around, ran, but of course she got to the mother and sister first, and they held her, and then I ran to them and grabbed the three of them and attempted to lift the three of them and (laughs) run with them. But I failed, of course, and I, I ended up falling on top of them. So all I did was cover them that way, so I was on top. And the elephant stopped, turned around, and walked back to join its family. They were feeding and they felt threatened. In any case, um, like I said, the boy who was in the womb, he's 17 years today. So we thank God for that, um, that, that time, yeah. In my opinion, the leading cause of the chaos of value erosion that we have today in this world, to me is linked to not listening to parents or rejection of wisdom of generations past. It began with a generation that felt that parents were too strict, were too limiting, and they felt entitled to their own opinion, thoughts, wisdom, and freedom. Then they became parents, and then found it hypocritical to ask their own children to listen to those values which they rejected when their own parents asked them to listen to. But I understand that parenting is not easy. I mean, you can just ask Adam and Eve, you know. I can just imagine Adam and Eve asking themselves, where did we go wrong with Cain? How come Cain turned out the way he turned out? We did our best, you know, and he still ended up killing his brother. But you could say the same about Adam and Eve themselves, the first children of God. They were children of God. We were not born then when this thing happened. But you and I know what Adam and Eve did that beautiful summer evening in the Garden of Eden. And I dare say you could say the same about the parents in the church today, including myself. We were all once children. Many of us are still children anyway with old parents who still want us to listen to them. And we still struggle to do that. I think one of the things that baffles parents today is, when they think that that child who is now refusing to listen to them, who is now refusing to obey them, you know that child that now thinks he or she is old enough to know what is best, that child was very recently just a fetus in the womb of the mother, with the mother's body and God alone to protect the child. These days, there's a battle going on about abortion rights, and it takes a mother to make that decision that this baby must live. So you can imagine that more than when the child, the mother tells the child, this is good, and the child says, no, I don't accept it. The woman will be baffled, yeah. And then the child was born. Human babies are born blind and helpless, we know that. So the child had to be cleaned, kept warm, fed, Protected by the mother, and we fathers, we also helped, too. We must not forget that, you know. And that child, at that point, had no say in the matter. Everything was done on behalf of the child, and in most cases, the child did not even know what was happening. There was no talk of negotiations then. There was no talk of conversations then. There was no talk of information then. So when that child is now 9, 12, 15, 19... The parent will be like, I mean, this is that same child. Why does, why does he or she refuse to listen to me? So I am again forced to say, imagine how God also must have felt about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He created Adam and Eve from nothing, from the earth, which he himself created from nothing. He gave breath to them. He gave them life. He gave them the most beautiful garden you could ever fully imagine or appreciate. He gave them all the love and attention which no parent can equal today or ever. But those children, just that one evening, so easily decided they knew best, they knew more than God. Now, I am not trying to justify the behavior of the child that refuses to listen by saying that, oh, Adam and Eve started it. And I'm not trying to say that because the children of Israel were also like that, uh, because some of Jesus' disciples did the same, and because we, the parents, sometimes are stubborn towards God. I'm not trying to say that excuses the child. All I'm trying to, to do here is to expose the generational trap of not listening to parents, not listening to wisdom, not listening to God. If not, If we are not careful then it feeds on itself and it goes down the generations. So now we agree that genetically we are predisposed not to listen, not to listen, not to listen to parents, not to listen to elders, to leaders, not to listen to the Holy Spirit, not to listen to God. It is a danger which Christians especially must beware of. It is in our nature to do things our own way. I mean, you, I, 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 I see two children, you know, trying to build blocks. And they, they are supposed to use these blocks to build a castle together. You can imagine what happens usually. Each one has a different way he thinks it should go. And it usually ends up in a fight. You know. So it is our nature. It's our nature to prove that we know what we are doing. And we don't need anyone to tell us what to do. It is in our nature to question advice and instruction and to oppose anyone trying to make us feel they know better than us. It is in our nature to bask in our own wisdom, no matter how misleading it is. I mean, I have exhibited this behavior too, so it's not not an accusation on any one person. It is in our nature. But we must recognize one thing. Authority is hierarchical. And in the family setting, it is the children at the bottom, then the parents, and then God. And we know that feeding into this, we have teachers at school, we have volunteers in the children's section, we have you know, other church family members, uh, elders, brothers, sisters. That is why when we dedicate children in this, our church, we not only require the parents to declare their guardianship, we also ask the same of the whole congregation. Just like authority, instruction is hierarchical, but in the reverse order. With instruction, it is God at the top, and then the parents, and then the children. So listening to your parents is like listening to God. Listening to their wisdom is like listening to God. In the same way, but conversely, paying deaf ears to or actively refusing to listen to your parents is like rebelling against God. Now, I've been trying for many years to write a story about my own early life. Um, I've gone beyond the title, believe me. But I also have some episodes penned because when I look at my life, I see it in episodes. I have seen authors write the story of their lives and they're able to put all the dates and even time. I don't know how they do it. I'm not a genius. I remember my, story, my life story in chunks of episodes. That is the way I remember it. Dates, I may not really remember. So there's an episode I'm going to tell you about, and there's a picture that um, will be on that. That's a popular Nigerian food. The one on the left is a kind of bean pudding. It's fried. You know, and the one on the right, it's made of cornmeal, almost like um, um, what do you call it? Not oats, custard. Yeah, it's almost like custard. So to prepare that custard-like thing, you mix the raw uh, powder or the raw um, cornmeal in water to a certain consistency, and if you pour boiling water in it, it automatically cooks thickens and is ready without further cooking on the fire necessary. So there was this busy morning. My mom then used to make um, cassava flakes, we call it Gary, as her small business. And she would have these women who come to help her. She pays them, especially when she has a large batch. So she was very busy that morning, and I was hungry. I think I was about five years or so, six, can't remember. And I wanted to make that. And she told me, why don't I wait and she will make it for me? But of course, stubborn me, I said, no, I can make it, I can do it myself. She reminded me that, look, I will mess it up. I said, no, I can do it. So I put the kettle on to boil, and I mix the uh, meal in water, and I get ready. The kettle is not yet boiling. I take it, and I pour it in. Of course, it doesn't thicken, it doesn't cook. And then she tells me, you just wait, I'll soon finish what I'm doing. Then I'll help you to... You know, I'll rescue the disaster you are about to to, to, to make. So basically all she would have done was pour it in a pot, put it on the fire, and cook it, and it will come out that way. But I didn't know that. I just felt, oh, I've put too much water, so I want to separate the water from the cornmeal. So what do I do? I take a sieve, and I pour it in it. Now, we might might still have been able to save it, but I forget to put a bowl under the sieve. (laughs) So I learned a hard lesson that morning. That was supposed to be my breakfast. Question, are there times when the child knows best? Of course, once in a long while, it does happen. Now, Greg and James, they are not here this morning so I can tell this joke. And um, I hope as a congregation, we agree that anything we say here this morning (laughs) remains here. So, Greg had been using a very old PC that had gone very slow, but he was very used to it, and it worked all right for him. You know, with the Microsoft Word, you know, to type his messages and all that. But James was like, the younger one was like, you should really, you know, step up. An Apple laptop will be very, very good for you. Now, if anybody here uses the Apple laptop, you will know that it, takes, it has a very long learning curve. Well, back and forth, they argued. And ultimately, let's assume Greg is the parent and James is the son. So ultimately, Greg, the parent, listened to the son. and He changed to the Apple laptop. Well, uh, he's still learning today how to, <laughs> <laughs> still trying to master his laptop as we speak. In the- Now, I just want to mention that listening to parents or listening to authority must not be confused with what in Nigeria we call eye service. Uh, Eye service is basically like uh, pretending to listen, pretending to obey, just to make the person feel like you are. And then actually in your heart and in your action, you are not listening and you are not ready to obey. And uh, the prophet Isaiah told us that in Matthew. uh, Well, the Lord quoted prophet Isaiah in Matthew When he said that these people draw it nigh unto me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So, listening, I'm just bringing that up because listening is not the external manifestation of listening. Externally, a child, it can look like a child did not listen to the parents. So, for example, the child, the parent tells the child, go do this, and the child grumbles and even says, no. But the child then goes to do it. The child repents and does that thing which he was asked to do. That is a child that has listened. Even though originally the child said no, the child grumbled, but the child repented and went and did it. That is different different and better than the child who says yes just for eye service and then goes ahead to not do it or to do that thing which they were told not to do. Um, The Lord gave a story like that. He said, what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, go walk today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and he went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he said, I go, sir. And he did not go. So which child actually listened to the parent? Another question. How does age come into this conversation on listening to parents? Does the age of the child matter? And I will say most definitely yes. Younger children, whom we know as minors, they require more teaching and instruction, more command. The younger they are, the more support, the more guidance, and the more instructions they need. This is the period where there are words of their parents, and in our case, they are also the word of the church. That is why minors are treated differently by the law, because they have not attained maturity. When children come of age, especially when they have grown old enough to understand the word of God and accept the Lord in their lives, what is, more required, what is required is more of conversations, guidance, and maybe some level of persuasion to make them or to help them You know, go the way they should go to help them make the right decisions with their lives. At that point, command and instructions may not be optimal and may even lead to unpalatable results. That is why the Bible says in Colossians, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, otherwise they become discouraged. Now, we are in the modern age. In the age where we are, you don't just tell anybody to do anything without. Some explanation without some justification. So, children who are here today, and we have agreed that we are all children anyway, but I'm asking on behalf of children why should we listen to our parents? And the first reason is because of their love. They are naturally conditioned to love us, they would even lay down their lives for their children. I would. And I know that parents here would. And their words and actions towards us is born out of love and care. You know, uh, the Bible says it in Luke. If a, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father or mother, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. No parent will do that, Another reason is because of their knowledge. Our parents know us better than anyone. They saw us grow up. They saw how we responded to crisis. They know our personality. Parents have the potential to provide better advice than anyone else, unlike teachers or coaches who see you only for a few minutes or hours of a week. Unlike friends who may be motivated to tell you what you want to hear, parents will tell you the truth. And there is no one that has a better opportunity to preempt what we need than our parents. There is also their experience. Wherever we think we are today, our parents were there. And they know already where we are headed. They are, I mean, children with parents are blessed to have advice from those who traveled the same road, only further. The parents have traveled further. They can save us some painful lessons. Experience, they say, is the best teacher. But I often tell people, I've told my son, experience is not the best teacher if you have to experience everything to learn from it. We can think on that. Their wisdom also. Their own life experience is a source of wisdom includes the wisdom of their own parents, of their predecessors, so it's generational wisdom accumulated over several generations. And their wisdom may also include the wisdom of God. The Bible says in Proverbs that a fool, it's only a fool that despises his parents' uh, instruction, but he that listens to them is prudent. Their duty. God gave you as words to your parents, and they play that stewardship role in your life. They were given the duty of bringing you up in the right way and pointing you in the right direction. We should not put a stumbling block in the way of their God-given assignment. I mean, we as their children. They are responsible and accountable for us. So we, in turn, should listen to them. Uh, On this duty, I have a story. I mean, a child, there was this man who felt that the the, the parents had that duty, felt that so much that he had to punish the mother. Uh, I'll tell you the story, there was a robber. That was, I mean, in Nigeria, years ago, where, I mean, that was in the 70s, when a robber was going to be executed. And he asked if he could speak to the mother. He told the mother he had some last words to give to the mother. And the mother presented her ear, and what did he do? He beat it off. And he told the press that he did that because the mother did not teach him the right way to do it. It's a horrible story, but that tells you that it is a parent's duty and we should take that duty very seriously. Also, as children, it's it's our duty also. So when I say your duty, I mean I'm talking to the children now. We are commanded by God to listen to our parents. I mean, that's what the uh, verse today is talking about. Especially as Christians, this is even more important, as obedience to the Lord is the evidence of our discipleship. So it's the same as obedience to our parents. And then we cannot, in turn, when we grow up, because our prayer is that every child that is here now who has not yet gotten married who reached the age of marriage will eventually get to that age, get married, have their own children. Uh, children, you should know that when you now get to that stage, If you did not listen to your parents, how could you now turn around to ask your own children to listen to you? And finally, the beauty and reward of listening to your parents. Children who who listen to their parents' counsel are made more attractive and appealing to others. The psalmist refers to a parents' counsel as graceful jewelry in Proverbs 1.9. It shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, it says. So what could be more rewarding than listening to and respecting your parents? What could be even more rewarding than listening to and obeying God? Apostle Paul touched on this in Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on earth. So can we conclude that it is good to listen to and obey our parents? I will say definitely. Will it be beneficial to us to listen to and obey our parents? I will say most definitely. But then, how can we overcome the challenge of our our genes? We have that genetic um, 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 stubborn heart that hates to listen. I mean, from Adam and Eve, we got it. We can do that by looking and doing like our supreme example, which is Christ the Lord, who, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself and became obedient to God, even the death of the cross, on the cross. So when we accept Christ and confess him as our Lord and Savior, his spirit replaces the spirit of not listening that is in us. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel that a new heart also I will give to you. And a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. We have been redeemed by the saving grace of God through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. We have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So our stony heart is no more. We now have hearts of flesh, hearts that listen. And I pray that we will do so going forward, if we have not been doing that before now. So I will just end here by saying that uh, if there are any amongst us who are yet to give their life to Christ and experience that miracle of a new birth and a new new heart, uh, you can stop by our welcome center. I pray in the name of our Lord Jesus that with our new hearts of flesh filled with the Holy Spirit, we will willingly and gracefully listen to our parents and to God always. Amen. Amen.